0: Today on Grace to the
1: Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluff. We need to continue to fight for the prize, go forth, run the race, point others to Jesus Christ. We need to come together, no matter what your strength is, whatever God has called you, you are the body of Christ. You are in the body of Christ if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. We need to come together. Because what kind of work is it? Teamwork, right? Teamwork. And we need to remember that God is faithful and He is mighty in strength. Let us be faithful unto Him.
0: Most people who join a sport don't want to sit on the bench. They want to be a part of the action, a part of something, working towards a common goal. So, why sit on the bench as a Christian? You can't do much from the sidelines, but you can join the team of believers working to bring Jesus to the world. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 5, verse 8, for his continuing study entitled, In the Game or Out of the Game.
1: And same thing with the enemy. He installs this fear into our hearts, and fear is crippling. Fear is crippling but we cannot fall into that trap because fear takes a life out of a person. And that's exactly what Satan wants, isn't it? He wants to take the life out of you. The enemy wants us to hide. But according to God's word, though, in 2 Timothy seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind and of a sound mind. So is it is the fear coming from God? That's not what the Bible says, right? The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that of a sound mind, right? The people were lifeless until Deborah came, and you know what? The same thing is happening in our world today. People are lifeless until they have Jesus Christ in their life. They're lifeless. They're dead. But Jesus Christ, when he comes into one's life, he does what? He restores life. He restores life into their their souls, and they're a new creation. They're born again. So here we see in the days uh, Deborah was recalling that there was no life until the Lord used her to bring life to them as they, they challenged the Canaanites and won. Verse 8, though, we will see why was Israel lifeless, though, as well. They were fearful, but what else was going on? What got them to their fear and, and into the hands of the Canaanites? Verse 8 says, they chose new gods, little g. Uh, then there was war in the gates, And not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. So what got them to their point? Well, if you remember, it was because they were falling back into false worship, to false gods. And God was like, you're going to be handed over to them because you're not serving me. You're not following my ways. And so uh, here they fall into the hands of the Canaanites. They cry out, and God is... (laughs) gracious and merciful, and he sends Deborah. You reap what you sow. They, Israelites, were pouring into these false gods and they were handed over to those who had those gods. The Canaanites took the Israelites' weapons so that they couldn't even fight back. I mean, she's recalling that there was no shield or spear among 40,000, the Canaanites took them all away. But God, again, being gracious that he is, raised up Deborah and Barak to come and to deliver Israel. Now, verses 9 through 27, we see that it is blessed. you're blessed to engage and curse if you don't engage. So let's read 9 through 27. It says this, My heart is with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Speak, you who ride on the white donkeys, who sit in judges' attire, and who walk along the road. Verse 11. Far from the noise of the archers among the watering places, there they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villager in Israel. Then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates, Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Sing a song. Arise, Barak, and and lead your captives away, O son of Abinom. Verse 13. Then the survivors came down, the people against the nobles. The Lord came down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim were those whose roots were in Amalek, After you, Benjamin, with your peoples, from Makar rulers came down, and from Zebulun, those who bear the recruiter's staff. Verse 15. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As Issachar, so was Barak, sent into the valley under his command. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds? To hear the pipings for the flocks? The division of Reuben have great searchings of the heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And why did Dan remain on the ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by his inlets. Verse 18, Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their lives to the point of death. Naphtali also, on the heights of the battlefield, the kings came and fought then the kings of Canaan fought in Tanakh by the waters of Migado. They took no spoils of silver, they fought from the heavens, the stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The torrent of Kishron swept them away, the ancient torrent, uh, the torrent of Kishon, O oh, my soul, march in strength verse twenty two. Then the horse hooves pounded, the galloping, the galloping of his steeds, curse Miraz said the angel of the Lord, cursed its inhabitants bitterly because they did not come to help of the Lord, to, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Woo, you know, and so here we see that Deborah recalls the whole thing again, the whole fight and she goes and she calls the leaders, those who are willing to go. And going back to verse one, right, or verse two, where she says, Bless the Lord for the leaders and those who are willing to go. Because did all go? No, they did not. There was only a few that were willing to go. They weren't ready to go fight. And and I love how in verse 13, she recalls that the Lord came down for me against the mighty. Again, her focus was on who, you guys? God coming down to fight the battle. The battle was the Lord's, but she was faithful to God, and the people were willing to go with them to fight against the Canaanites. And God wants faithfulness, and he wants willingness. And these two attributes are present. God does amazing things. When we are faithful and when we are willing, God does an amazing work. He does. And Deborah and Barak were faithful in leading in Israel. Ephraim, Benjamin, Makar, Zebulun, Ishakar, and Naphtali were willing. They were willing to fight. And again, don't you know that God uses the faithful? God uses those who are willing. In the parable of the talents, you guys remember how Jesus explained? He said, here, I'm going to give this to you. You know, are you going to be faithful when what I give you? In fact, he said in Matthew 25, he said, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Guys, you look at those who are faithful, and it could be just simply something small that God has entrusted you with. Maybe God has called you to, to unplug toilets. Maybe he's called you to, to serve with our children. Maybe he's called you to do whatever, missions. Are you faithful in what God has called you to do? Are you faithful or are you putting it off? If God is calling you to do something, you know, Deborah and Barak could have easily said, I'm not going. In fact, Barak tried to pull that card. He said, I'm not going unless you're going. And she's like, oh, I'm going. Oh, I'm going. Okay, I guess I'm going to go too, you know. But they were faithful. And then you have the the, the children of Israel and these different tribes And you have Reuben, and you have Gilead, Gad, and Dan, and Asher. They didn't want to go. They were not willing to go. They were comfortable. I'm fine where we're at in our own land. You go. And so we see that God uses those who are faithful. Because look at the outcome, you guys. What happened to the Canaanites? They were defeated. They were defeated. God conquered them. And when you look at those who are willing to serve, look at those who are willing to serve. You know, I was looking at it, at guys like Ananias. Do you remember Ananias in the New Testament? What did God ask him to do? To go and pray with who? Saul. Do you guys remember who Saul was, a.k.a. Paul? Paul. The one who is persecuting the Christians? This guy was, it was at the stoning of Stephen. And here Ananias is like, "Uh, God, are you sure? Because he's the one, you know, that was persecuting the Christians. Are you sure you want me to go? Yes. And what was Ananias? He was faithful and he was willing to go. He was willing to go. He went. Then you got a guy like Moses willing to go to deliver Israel. Now that was a simple task, wasn't it? No. But God used his willingness. Then you look at a guy like Samuel, who was willing to go and guide Israel. And then a guy like Isaiah, who was willing to go share with Israel. These guys were willing to go. So then the question to you and I, then tonight, is are you faithful? Are you faithful? The psalm 3123 says oh love the lord all you his saints for the lord preserves the faithful he preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person god preserves the faithful that's awesome proverbs 2820 says a faithful man will abound with blessings but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. If you are faithful, you will have a large amount of blessings from the Lord. A man will abound with blessings if he is faithful. Then are you willing? Because we talk about being faithful and we talk about willing, but a lot of times we just sit and do nothing. But is it for the right heart? Are we getting in there because we're faithful to the Lord or are we being faithful to the pastor? Are you faithful to the Lord or are you faithful to the pastor? Because if it's faithful to the pastor, you're wrong. You need to be faithful to the Lord. Are you willing to the pastor or are you willing to the Lord? Be willing to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is his church. It's not mine. That means when you're serving, you're not serving me. You're not serving the other leaders. You're serving Jesus Christ. We need to understand this because we need to be faithful to God, especially in these last days, because God wants to do an amazing work. He is not done yet. He's not done yet. There's lives that need to be saved, but we need to be faithful and we need to be willing for him. Isaiah one nineteen says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I want to eat the good of the land. I want to eat the good of the land. I want to be faithful, I want to be willing, and I want to be obedient. And again, not all were willing to fight. Reuben, Gilead, Dan, Asher, and then the Lord specifically pulls out Meroz, the city of Meroz. These are the ones that did Nothing. They stayed on the sidelines. They did nothing. They stayed on the sidelines. And the angel of the Lord said what? He said in verse 23, curse Meros." Why? Because they did not come to help of the Lord. That's, that's strong. Because they didn't help. Christian tonight, God, he doesn't need you. He wants to use you. How he wants to use us, I still don't understand. But he does. The ones who stay on the sideline, is that you? Or are you being faithful to that small seed in in your heart that God has placed? Are you willing to serve him? Because again, you guys, it's not about man. It's about Jesus Christ. This is a team effort. It's not just my responsibility, we're a team. And if you're not a team, then how can you win? <laughs> well, the Lord will continue to have his way, no matter what we choose. He will do what he, his will is going to be done. But think of the blessings that you're going to miss out on. That's hard to thing to think about, even for me, knowing that I need to continue to be faithful and I need to continue to be willing for what God is placing on our heart and not looking for the approval of man and not looking for the worship and praise of man but doing it because I want to hear well done good and faithful servant. Again it reminds me of the parable of the talent when Jesus spoke about the one who was fearful and did nothing with it sat on the sidelines and did nothing. He said in Matthew 25:26, but his lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Wicked and lazy servant, or well done, good and faithful servant. The people of Meraz were wicked and lazy, and they did not want to help the Lord's work. But blessed is Jael, right? And As it says in verse 24 uh, through 27, most blessed among the women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among the women in the tents. He asked for water. She gave milk. She brought out cream and a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera. She pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. At her feet, he sank. He fell. He lay still <laughs> at her Her feet, he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Here is a woman who was faithful. These other tribes in Israel were not faithful, but she was faithful and she was only one. She was faithful and willing. And when you are faithful and willing, God does awesome and mighty things. So no matter what people are doing around you, you personally need to be faithful and willing. No matter what's going on around you, be faithful and willing. In doing so, God will use you for great things. Again, our prize is not self-recognition. Our prize is to hear from the king, well done, good and faithful servant. That is our prize. Well, verses 29 through 31, we see, or 20, yeah, 28 through 31, we see Sisera's mother Looking for his return. Says the mother of Sisera looked through the window and cried out through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariots? Her wisest ladies answered her, Yes, she answered herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? They thought that they were going to take out Israel, no problem. To every man and a girl or two, for Cicero, plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed, two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. So the land had rest for 40 years. So in this section, we see Cicero's mom looking for Sisera. She thought the victory was in the bag. She thought that he was coming home, but then it's like, hey, why isn't he not home yet? Oh, because he was an enemy of God, and God took care of him. And God has victory over those who are against him. As it's described in Psalm, it says this in Psalm 110.1, a Psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Those who are against the Lord are his enemies. And they will be his footstool. And so Deborah concludes this song. uh, I think it's a top 10, personally, on the chart. She concludes, Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord. His enemies will perish. But here's the wrap-up of the whole thing. We as a church, and when I say church believers in general, we need to come together and be a team. We need to continue to fight for the prize, go forth, run the race, point others to Jesus Christ. We need to come together. No matter what your strength is, whatever God has called you, you are the body of Christ. You are in the body of Christ if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. We need to come together because what kind of work is it? Teamwork, right? Teamwork. And we need to remember that God is faithful and he is mighty in strength. Let us be faithful unto him. Let us be willing for his work. Because here's the thing. Yes, God is going, the enemies are going to be his footstool, but you know what, you guys? God loves his enemies. And he loves them so much. He loves them so much that it says in, in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and while, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before you came to Christ, you were an enemy of God. But God loves you so much, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that if you believe unto him, you shall have everlasting life. He loves you so much that he died for you so that you would not perish. Remember, the enemies will perish, but God loves us so much that he says, I don't want you to perish because I love you. Even when you were still a sinner, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And God, his heart, I truly believe his heart is a heart of missions. And to seeing those who are lost come to know him as Lord and Savior. Second Peter three nine, I know I quote this verse all the time, but it is the I believe the heartbeat of God. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is God's heart, you guys? What is the Lord's heart? It's to see people have life. He does not want people to die. Hell was designed for Satan and the enemy. It was not designed for you and I. But if we do not have a personal relationship, if we do not accept that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, then that's what we're getting. It's truth. But God, knowing God's heart, is that he does not want any to perish. So what does that tell me? That God wants to use us and pour his Holy Spirit into us so that we go out and preach the gospel and to share the good news with others so that they don't perish. That's what he wants. But the thing is is that it takes a willing and faithful vessel. Being faithful and willing, not sitting around. God wants you to get into the action. Did you guys ever play sports and you were on the bench and you wanted to get in the game? Well, guess what? God is letting you in the game. I wanted to be in the game. I wanted to play. Well, God wants you to play. Get out there and start sharing the gospel. Continue to share the gospel. Because again, God does not want any to perish. Praise God. So to the enemies of God, those who reject him, those who persecute his name, know this, that Jesus loves you. That Jesus loves you and he has died for you so that you would not perish and have everlasting life. God does not want you to perish. Instead, what does he want? He wants you to be his child. Go back to John 1, 12. And all you got to do is believe in his name. Praise God. Praise God. He is so worthy of our praise. Amen.
0: Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of Judges the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. If you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list. As it's our desire to see God's word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520 720 And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write this information down. All this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on to get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.